Informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Monday. February the 7th, 2022, and you have survived the weekend. Congratulations. Praise be to God. You get to get back at your week. I mean, just imagine what will happen this week. Good things, I'm sure. Praise be to God. We have a lot to cover today. Uh, Are we near a tipping point in the church, in the world? I mean, do you have this, like, feeling like you're just waiting for the next shoe to drop? We're going to have a conversation about that with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, the dynamic deacon, good friend of mine. Um, to, uh, 35 past the hour is going to be on the program. We're going to talk about that. How do we live joyful in, in the midst of uh, scandal and crazy and stress and hyperinflation and all the rest? How do we maintain our, our sense of peace? Praise be to God. That's coming up at 35 past the hour with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. You know, speaking of uh, hyperinflation, I paid $3.21, no, $3.20 a gallon over the weekend in Texas. In Texas. So I'm going to ask you uh, during the 15 after break, hey, uh, how are you feeling the gas pump right now? Did you, or have you, are you aware of ESG scores and how that is affecting your gas prices? And I wonder if you know which state has the best gas prices right now and which state has the worst. We're going to cover that. Plus, uh, the, uh, we're going to talk about the trucker convoy in Canada is getting, in Ottawa in particular, is getting very interesting up there. But it's spread. London's got a trucker rally now. I mean, it's just, it's kind of moving across the country. So we may dive into a little bit of that. And here's another question. Are you watching the Olympics? No, nobody else is either, so don't worry about it. But uh, <laughs> big tech is being fired by uh, big journalists as well. So there's a lot of interesting stories. We're going to try to get to some of those in the What's Concerning in the 15 past segment of this hour. So join us if you can. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Anything of value or merit that you did over the weekend? <laughs> well, I, I said on Friday I was going to decide what I was going to do for Lent. Um, I think I took the first step in figuring that out. But oh, I'll wow. talk more about That's that in the cool. after show. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, so you have your plan in place then is yeah. what you're saying. Well, more or less. More, I think I think less. just the, the roadmap maybe. How about yourself? What did you do this weekend? I still, well, I haven't figured out Lent. I can tell you that. <laughs> first, first Saturday was was a big part of my day on uh, on Saturday morning, and then uh, and then figuring some other stuff out that we had to deal with. Mm-hmm. That was my sort of my weekend. Praise be to God. But uh, speaking of more and less, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, to Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Anything of value or merit in your weekend? Oh yeah, many things, many things. Praise be to God for it. Uh, Friday, and we had first Friday. I uh, got my buddy Timothy, and we drove down to church, and we had our First Friday uh, devotions, so praise be to God, First Friday Mass, everything. That was really delightful. We went out to eat afterwards. And then Saturday, I did not make it a first Saturday because I was giving a talk on the Holy Mass, so That's I had cool. to miss Holy Mass to give the talk on <laughs> Holy rough. Mass. That's <laughs> rough. I mean, so. cool and bad all at the same time. So. Speaking of more and less. <laughs> yeah, I know, right, exactly. So I'm going to post that uh, video probably today on my uh, YouTube channel 
of uh, the talk that I gave on Saturday. So if you want to check awesome. that out, Praise you can find that God. there. But other than that, uh, Sunday was you know very restful. I slept in and uh, got, went to mass, and mm. you know it was a good time. I went out to eat with my parents. So you know all around good good weekend. I did not figure out what I'm going to do for Lent though. Though I did find out, me and my roommates were having a heated discussion last night mm-hmm. on whether or not it was we were bound by mortal sin to uh, have a penance every day of Lent. We were looking at the canons, and we were like, holy moly, is it a sin to not give up something every day of Lent? So we're trying to figure that out. So maybe Mm. you should get a canon lawyer on and talk about that. That might be interesting. Or have one on speed dial, I guess. I mean, uh, can't be Catholic these days unless you have the finite details of canon (laughs) law memorized for crying out loud. I know, practically. Good grief. All right, anyway, praise be to God. Hopefully we'll get our plan together soon for the holy season. We have part of it planned anyway, part of it. But I don't have the full... Full, full idea worked out in my head. Uh, I, I'm just still trying to get over $3.20 a gallon. Sorry. Yeah, I spent 70 bucks to up shock. my tank gas last week. <laughs> yeah. I checked my statement, and I was yeah. like, wait a minute. Was that really how much I spent? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I may start walking to work. I don't know. I'm, 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 con- I'm contemplating it. What time would I have to leave the house to get maybe like 10? midnight? I left at midnight when I get here on time. I don't know. Uh, at any rate, but speaking of great cars, and uh, <laughs> you could win a Mercedes at the end of the month. I guarantee this Mercedes gets way better gas mileage than my 2006 Tahoe does. And you could win it just by purchasing your car raffle tickets which support our, car, our Catholic Media Apostolate. Go to grnonline.com for the details. Go to grnonline.com for the details. going to have a great show. As I said, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, the dynamic deacon, is going to be our guest at 35 past the hour. It's going to give us some silver lining in the midst of insanity coming up this hour, plus the what's concerning us, breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel today, and much more all headed your way. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. But let's begin with prayer. Whatever your intentions are, that's what we're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos. And now your Monday headlines. Reuters reports Ottawa Mayor declares state of emergency to deal with trucking blockade. Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson on Sunday declared a state of emergency to help deal with the unprecedented 10-day occupation by protesting truckers that has shut down much of the core of the Canadian capital. Watson, who complained earlier in the day that the demonstrators outnumbered police and controlled the situation, did not give details what measures he might impose. Amid residents' fury at the lack of official response, Ottawa police relocated some protesters up and put up fresh barricades on Sunday, saying they are collecting financial, digital, and vehicle registration and other evidence that will be used in criminal prosecutions. They also announced that they will clamp down on people attempting to bring in canisters to refuel the hundreds of large trucks blocking the roads in the city center. Canadian Public Safety Minister Marco Marco Mendocino said on Sunday that the government would not back down on vaccine mandates. We put to question of the, the we put to question the excuse me we put the question of vaccines and vaccine mandates on the ballot in the 2021 election and we're simply carrying out the promise that we made with the support of the vast majority of Canadians he said on CBC television and Epic Times reports U.S. troops arrive in Poland to reinforce Eastern European allies amid Russian military buildup 
A few dozen elite U.S. troops and equipment were seen landing on Sunday in the southeastern Poland near the border with Ukraine, following the President Joe Biden's orders to deploy 1,700 soldiers there amid fears of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Hundreds more infantry troops of the 82nd Airborne Division are still expected to arrive at Yezhov-Yezonka Airport, just 56 miles from Poland's border with Ukraine. And LifeSite reports head of European Bishops' Commission says church, church teaching on homosexuality is false, demands change. The president of the Commission of Bishops' Conferences of the European Community has voiced support for changing the church's teaching on homosexual acts, describing the biblical determination of sin as false. Jesuit Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich, who is also the Archbishop of Luxembourg and was appointed by Pope Francis as Realtor General of the 2021-2023 to Synod on Synodality, made the remarks and comments to the German Catholic news agency KNA. Asked by reporters how he approaches the Church's determination that the homosexual acts are sinful, the Cardinal responded, I believe that this is false. He said that thinking further upon the teaching can lead to a change in teaching. The supposed method of rethinking immutable church teaching, Hollerick said, is one espoused by Pope Francis. And The Blaze reports Republican leaders commit to investigating GoFundMe because the company took down the Freedom Convoy's fundraiser. Prominent GOP officials throughout the country are committed to investigating actions taken by GoFundMe in dissolving the fundraiser for the Canadian truckers in the Freedom Convoy and refusing to redistribute funds based on their behalf. The widely popular fundraiser generated several million dollars for the anti-vaccine mandate protesters before GoFundMe shut it down and refused to pay the donations. The fundraising effort had raised 10 million Canadian dollars, around 7.9 million U.S., and already 1 million Canadian had already been distributed to the organizers of the so-called Freedom Convoy before GoFundMe took the decision to stop the fundraiser. Saturday morning, Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and the attorneys general of several states announced that they will work alongside to investigate GoFundMe and its deceptive practices. Governor DeSantis labeled the company's tactics as fraud. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Pius IX, born in 1792. Pope Pius IX was the last Pope King. The first acts of his pontificate, especially the choice of his closest advisors in the release of hundreds of political prisoners, left his contemporaries perplexed. He was once a supporter of liberal ideas, but once he converted, he became a staunch defender of tradition. The revolutionary sectarians responded by inciting the Roman populace to mutiny. They declared the civil power of the pontiff to be over and proclaimed the Roman Republic. The Pope appealed to Catholic powers which uprooted the revolutionaries from Rome and the other pontifical territories. After a few months, Pope Pius IX returned to his capital. Pius IX was an eminently Marian Pope consecrating his pontificate to the Blessed Virgin Mary. As soon as the Providence entrusted him with the keys of St. Peter, he manifested his intention to proclaim the dogma of the Immaculate Conception of the Mother of God. Began the First Vatican Council in 1869, and on July 18, 1870, he solemnly promulgated the pontifical dogma of infallibility. He said, quote, The decrees and canons contained in the Constitution that has just been read pleases all but two fathers. We, too, with the approval of the Holy Council, as they were read, defined them and with apostolic authority confirmed them. It was reported that during the whole ceremony, one of the most violent storms in the memory of the Eternal City raged. Amid lightning and thunder, as in Sinai when the Lord gave Moses his law, the pontifical infallibility was proclaimed. 
As the Pope's last words, the atmosphere calmed down, and suddenly a ray of sunshine swept through the dark clouds, illuminated the pontiff venerable and majestic countenance, then lighted the whole room. But immediately after, the Franco-Prussian War broke out and Vatican I had to be put on hold. The Pope was sacrilegiously stripped of what remained of his territorial sovereignty, and from then on, the Roman pontiff considered himself a prisoner of the Vatican until the Lateran Treaty of 1929, which created this papal states. Pope Pius IX died on February 7, 1878, at the age of 86. Blessed Pius IX, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 6, verses 53 through 56. After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to whatever they heard to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch only the tassel of his cloak, and as many as touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, the applicant said, for they did not call him to their houses that he might heal them, but rather the sick themselves were brought to him. For the miracle which had been wrought on the woman with an issue of blood had reached the ears of many and caused in them the great faith by which they were healed. Don't you love that? Uh, that miracle that we covered last week of that woman just having the faith to touch the hem. That spread so fast, so far, so wide that they brought people in from neighboring towns even. They didn't even suffice to say, hey, we got our sick in our little village. No, no, no. Let's go to the village across the way, grab them too, and bring them over. That is amazing to me. That is truly amazing. Praise be to God. And look at the fringes. The Ignatius Catholic Commentary said, The fringe of his garment. Moses instructed the Israelites to wear tassels on their clothing as visible reminders to keep God's commandment. Jesus often makes tangible things such as spittle, clay, clothing, and water, channels for his healing and power. He thus prepares the way for the seven sacraments of the new covenant, which heal the body and soul as visible instruments of grace. But here's the real kicker that I loved in uh, looking at this. What happens just before this passage today, Mark's gospel? Jesus walks on water. And you can't, if you, you can't miss this. Jesus is one greater than the prophet that Moses even spoke of. He's one greater than Moses. He reconstitutes the governing body that Moses did. He brings about a new exodus in his transfiguration, the new Passover in the Holy Eucharist. He not only walks through water, but he walks on top of water. This is why in Deuteronomy 18, Moses said, One greater than I will come. That is our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's ponder that today. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Hello, how would you like a chance to win a Mercedes-Benz? What's up with the accent, Dave? Oh, hey, Sissel. Just putting on a posh accent, because this year with the GRN, we're raffling off a pretty... Oh, you mean the 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250? That's right. And no. that all listeners need to do to get their tickets is to contact their general manager or visit grnonline.com forward slash raffle, and that all the funds raised go to the GRN. Tickets are only one for $25 or five for 100 Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I took over your spot again, didn't I? Well, it was probably for the best. Cheerio! If there's one thing atheists and theists can agree on, 
It's the fact that we've all felt the problem of God's hiddenness and have cried out, where are you, God? The difference, however, is atheists think this is a reason to reject God and theists don't. Why? Well, first, God is not entirely hidden. Sure, we can't know he exists by seeing or touching him, but we can know he exists through logic and reason. There's also good reason to believe God has revealed himself through Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus is raised from the dead, then everything he said is true. Second, God's in-your-face presence wouldn't necessarily make things better. Even on the natural level, we don't like overbearing parents. Why would we want God to be that way? So while God's partial hiddenness is a mystery, it's not a good reason to embrace atheism. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, the dynamic deacon, is going to be our guest to talk about, uh, boy, the tipping point. It really feels like there's a tipping point, doesn't it? So much going on. I mean, who'd have thought just even six months ago that it would be truckers that would lead the way in uh, in protests around, not only in Canada, but it's spreading across the world. So, I don't know, I find it fascinating. We're going to have a conversation about all of that inside and outside the church with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and how to live joyful in the midst of it all uh, coming up at 35 past the hour. There are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me and I'm sure to you too. And for me, over the weekend, um, $3.20 a gallon at the pump. That We're talking regular gas. I'm not even talking like the high test good stuff, right? Like the stuff Adrian puts in there. Like all, you know, the rich Catholics put the good stuff in their car. I don't, I'm telling the cheap stuff. $3.20 a gallon. That is sticker shock to me in the state of Texas. And I wondered if you were aware, because since the media doesn't really talk about the inflating prices at the gas pump and what might be causing that, that's sort of uh, a topic that's not allowed anymore, apparently. Uh, I wonder if you are aware of who's got the worst, who's got the best, and what some of the causes are. And uh, he, let, me get, let me ask this. Uh, Rudy, what would you say is the state with the best gas price? California. <laughs> no, you don't mean that. California, New York, uh, a blue state? As the best. I'm talking about the best, the cheapest. Uh, hmm, I'm going to say Georgia. Jo- um, interesting. Good guess. Adrian, what would you say? Uh, probably go something like Florida or Texas. Florida. All right. Well, let's try it. We'll go with Florida first. We'll see what, where Florida is at. Florida is at $3.46.7 right now that's per gallon. Much. That's too much. That's average. Now, no. the, the national average is $3.44.1. That's the national average. Three four four one, And Florida is at three four six seven. Yikes. Huh. So they're Big above range. national average right now. State of Texas. It would be a good guess, right? We, we used to export. We used to produce so much oil, we would export it to other countries. Uh, those were... Good days. Now Those they're gone. The days. They're totally gone. Texas is low at three dollars and one oh six right now per gallon right. on average. Not right. that, but that is in fact not the cheapest state in the country. Hmm. The cheapest state in the country uh, that that uh, title goes to Mississippi at three dollars point zero eight five average per gallon. <laughs> That's so not much difference. <laughs> so maybe we ought to all move to Mississippi. I think. I don't so. know. Possibly. Let's move the whole apostolate. The, well. I mean, I was talking about all of America into Mississippi, so we can have cheap (laughs) gas. Um, Now, okay, so that's the best gas in America is Mississippi right now. What would you say is the worst 
gas in America? It's got to be California. It's got to be New York. Or Alaska. New York? Huh, let's see. New York. New York's at $3.58. So three, uh, $3.588 on average per gallon in New York. So not the worst. Uh, Massachusetts, I know you're tuning in this morning on Station Across, praise be to God. You're at $3.44, $3.444 average per gallon uh, right now. Uh, Maine, I, I don't have a station in Maine, but they're at $3.466, so they're not even up there. Uh, let's see here. Pennsylvania's pretty high at three $3.62, roughly, uh, pretty high. But no, not the worst. Let's see who the worst is right now. The worst offender right now is California. California. At uh, $4.68 <laughs> per gallon. No, thank you. That's a pretty no, good price. On when, average, I left, when I left, it was closer to four eighty. Four. How do, I am still in total <laughs> sticker shock over $3.20 <laughs> a gallon. And you lived with four eighty? No, yeah, thanks. No. I did. It was, uh, you know, you did what you had to do. I guess you get a bike. <sighs> wow. I'm seriously considering a motorcycle right now. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I because my mo- a motorcycle, an old one, a forty-year-old motorcycle would get better gas mileage than my Tahoe gets right now. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's mind-boggling. Alaska, Alaska's three dollars, and it's cheaper to live in Alaska <laughs> than it is in California right now. Hawaii, where are you I at? Hawaii? It. Hawaii, Hawaii is cheaper. And I lived in Hawaii for a time, and it was expensive when I lived there back in the nineties. Four dollars and forty cents a gallon on average. All right, so here's the deal. Um, uh, uh, this is. When's the last time you heard of the term ESG score? Environmental, social, and corporate governance scores. And here's a headline out of at the Epic Times. It says, environmental, social, and corporate governance scores are changing the oil industry. Now, I'm not going to read this to you. I want to summarize a little bit because I want to move on to something else. But I, I thought this was important today because you need to know that corporations like BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, and uh, an an organization that owns huge chunks of our oil and gas industry, is pushing the ESG scores on the oil and gas industry. So basically, as they say, ESG, uh, it integrates non-accounting data. It captures components important for valuations that are not traditionally reported. So we're not talking about you know, uh, basically when, a, when an oil company uh, or a gas company or let's say natural gas or something like that, they go to a bank to get a capital loan in order to keep operations up or, you know, start a new uh, effort or whatever, hire new people. The bottom line is they look at their, the how, what's your credit score, right? We all know that. We all have a credit score. But now they have an ESG score. How have you done on environment? You know, have you, have you diversified? Have you, uh, have you invested in solar and wind? I mean, how is your Paris Accord uh, accountability going? Because that's essentially what they're going through here. The Paris Climate Agreement Accord is going to dictate to oil and gas companies uh, what they can and cannot do and if they can and cannot borrow money. So they're not able to get funding to continue their operations, which is why Shell sold a lot of its assets off to ConocoPhillips in the state of Texas, which used to export gas instead of having to import it from foreign countries. Because when our gas prices go up, guess what happens? Do you think China and Russia, do you think Saudi Arabia, do you think they're going to abide by all this? Do you think they're going to go with it? No. So we pay out the pump huge dollars, and we enrich Saudi Arabia. We enrich those countries. And ESG scores are driving this into a new world crazy. 
And that's part of what I say when I say we're going to talk to Deacon Harold Brooks Service coming up 35 past the hour about this new, like the waiting for the shoe to drop. This is part of it. Empty shelves at the grocery store, rising gas prices. I mean, how about if you live up in the Northeast, and I'm talking to you, Massachusetts, I'm talking to New, uh, Western New York, um, oil to eat, heat your home is a thing. I used to have a big old oil tank in my house, and I had to pay an average price, like, a, you know, we had to, like, lock in a price every year in order to keep our costs down. Um, that's a real thing. It's a real concern for so many Americans, and yet our policies at the governance level are playing fast and loose with the lives of so many Americans. And this ESG thing is a real problem, because not only will it affect oil companies, which we can say, oh, that's just oil companies, Joe, it's no big deal. It's coming to a bank near you. J.P. Morgan Chase, I'm thinking of you. Morgan Stanley, you guys are going to bring it down to the individual level, aren't you? So now you want to get that mortgage for your house? Well, what's your ESG score? I mean, how, what, what have you been saying on your social media feeds? Have you invested? Have you diversified your portfolio to include solar and, uh, and uh, wind farms? I mean, these are real issues in America that we're dealing with, and it has a bottom-line effect, and that's part of the reason why I had to pay $3.20 a gallon in the state of Texas, which is mind-boggling to me. Here's another story. Let's move on. Here's a Catholic-related story. Phoenix pastor resigns after diocese learned he performed invalid baptisms. This is an older story. I think this came out, was it last year that this was a concern? But this one is a new story out of the Diocese of Phoenix. Bishop Thomas Olmsted of Phoenix said baptisms performed by a priest during years of ministry in the diocese are invalid, leading to the resignation of the clergyman on February the 1st, just the other day. In a January 14 letter to the diocese, Bishop Olmsted said officials learned from the Vatican Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith that the baptisms were invalid because of the form used during the ritual by Father Andres Arango. Specifically, it was reported to me that Father Andres used the formula, quote, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, unquote. The key phrase in question is, is the use of the term we baptize in place of I baptize, Bishop Olmsted wrote. The issue with using we is that it, not, it is not the community that baptizes a person. You get that? It is not the community that baptizes the person. Rather, it is Christ and him alone who presides at all of the sacraments. And so it is Christ Jesus who baptizes, the bishop's letter said. The use of the improper form led Father Rango to resign as pastor of St. Gregory Parish in Phoenix. Bishop Olmsted said, Father Rango remains a priest in good standing in the diocese and that he would be helping the diocese identify and contact people whose baptisms are invalid. Father Rango became pastor of Father Gregory uh, St. Gregory, rather, church in April of 2017 after leaving the Congregation of Jesus and Mary, commonly referred to as the Eudicists, I don't know how to say that properly, E-U-D-I-S-T-S. Prior to his appointment as pastor, he was parish administrator of the church beginning in July of 2015. Now, here's the issue, though. This is the, a very serious concern for so many. How many people did he baptize total in his priesthood so far? I do not know. 
Um, but okay, so if they're not properly baptized, and how many people he baptized like this? I don't know. But if they're not properly baptized, well, did he conf- were people confirmed as he was pastor? Because that, now that would be a problem. How about uh, confessions? They didn't make proper confessions now because they weren't properly baptized. So one thing leads to another, which is, uh, I think, a wake-up call for all of us. In a day and an age where you have two cardinals in Europe, Cardinal Marx and the guy from Luxembourg, both advocating for uh, uh, getting rid of priestly celibacy, not only so that priests could marry, but also to have homosexual priests and active homosexual relationships in there as well, let alone married priests and all that. Not only that, they're also advocating now for female priests and everything else. To advocate for everything under the sun is going to lead down a road that we've already been down. We know the end to this road. Go back to the Protestant Reformation to the revolution. Look at England. England could have enjoyed, let's just say, for the sake of the argument, could have enjoyed the same privileges that, say, the Greek Orthodox enjoyed, the Russian Orthodox. Valid sacraments. But they got rid of it all. They tossed it all out, and now they don't have valid sacraments. They redid everything. Not only do you have that, but you have the ultimate end, which is what? People don't go to church over there. Their, their churches are empty. People are going agnostic. They're going atheist. The end to the Protestant Revolution is atheism. It is a loss of faith, which leads to other grave immorals in society. You see? Do we need to do this destruction routine within the church? Part of the, this is part of the reason why we have Deacon Harold coming up in a minute just because we feel like there's a next shoe to drop, and we see so much chaos within the church, so much chaos what's outside of the church, how do we as Catholics decide to live in a state of grace, to deal with these issues, and how to get our wives, our kids, our husbands into heaven through it all, living a joyful life? How do we live joyful in the midst of such chaos? That is why we've invited Deacon Harold Burke Sivers on coming up in just a few minutes. Hey, Ryan, so there's a lot going down. Let's pray fast and do penance, but tune in here in about uh, a couple of minutes right after this break when Rudy Carlos gives us breaking news and then Deacon Haraldberg Servers will be our guest. Do us a favor, share us with a friend, and we'll be right back. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Between now and February 21st, the GRN is raffling off a 2022 GLA 250 in Midnight Black. And this sweet beauty of a car can be all yours by going to grnonline.com and purchasing five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. All proceeds support Catholic Radio on the GRN. Now that's a deal that's all right, all right, all right. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard people say that Christianity is barbaric, that it arose in ignorance? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that as a matter of historical fact, it didn't. It arose in the most civilized period the world has ever seen. It arose precisely at the intersection of three great civilizations, Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. It combined the philosophy of the first two with the faith of the third. So what's the real reason the opponents of Christianity do not believe it? It's not because it's barbaric and ignorant. It's not even because it's civilized and sophisticated. It's because, as Chesterton says, 
Opponents of Christianity would believe anything except Christianity. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. The Blaze reports 9,000 Americans still remain stranded in Afghanistan, according to a Senate report. A little over a half a year ago, President Biden withdrew American forces from Afghanistan. The American withdrawal resulted in complete and utter embarrassment for the United States abroad as we abandon our allies in Afghanistan, caused the unnecessary loss of life and stranded American citizens in a country now controlled by our enemies. At the time, officials in the Biden administration told the public that just over 100 American citizens were left in Afghanistan. In October 2021, the State Department said that there were 363 Americans stranded under the Taliban. Now, according to the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, it appears that the United States government left as many as 9,000 Americans in Afghanistan following America's August withdrawal. We might have somebody on to talk about that uh, in the future. And Breitbart reports China keeping Winter Olympians in unreasonable quarantine conditions. Athletes and their delegations have condemned the quarantine hotels that athletes are sent to following positive coronavirus test results. My stomach hurts. I'm very pale and I have huge black circles under my eyes. I want all of this to end. I cry every day. I'm very tired, Russian athlete Valeria Vasnetsova complained on her Instagram account. Vasnetsova criticized the meal she received, which included plain pasta, an orange sauce, charred meat on a bone, and a few potatoes, and no greens, according to the Associated Press. She reportedly said the meal was breakfast, lunch, and dinner for five days already. While at the quarantine hotel, Vasnetsova did research and concluded that the athletes were getting worse food. According to the Associated Press, when fetching the food left outside her door, she took a glance at the boxes left outside other rooms in her corridor, whose doors were labeled with signs to distinguish Olympians from other people working at the games who tested positive, such as team staff. She concluded the athletes were getting worse food and underlined it with a picture of food served by t to her team doctor, who also had tested positive and was living two floors below. Honestly, I don't understand why there's this attitude to us athletes, she wrote on Instagram. And Epic Times reports Ford curbing vehicle production citing shortage of ships. Ford is cutting down production at eight factories starting February 7th as the company recently warned that a shortage of computer chips would cause a fall in vehicle volumes for the, for the first quarter of 2022. Production at plants in Chicago, Michigan and Cautlitlan, Mexico will be suspended, according to Reuters. At factories in Kentucky, Louisville and Dearborn, Ford plans to reduce schedules or even run single shifts. And The Hill reports, Democrats look to shake off defund the police. Democrats are looking to shake off defund the police slogans, moving to be uh, more visibly proactive in addressing rising crime rates, even as Republicans seek to tie them back to the 2020 movement ahead of November's midterms. Polls show that the public appetite for reducing police spending has waned. A Pew Research survey released in October found 47% of Americans said police spending in their respective communities should be increased, up from 31% in June of 2020. The poll also found that support for decreasing police funding dropped from 25% in 2020 to 15% in October of last year. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat uh, from uh, Portland, Oregon, is our good friend Deacon Harold Burke Severs, the dynamic deacon. Good morning to you, Deacon. Good morning, Joe. Great to be with you. Praise be to God. Uh, thank you for getting up super early. It's like uh, you're like, it's 435 where you are right now, I guess, in the morning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's pretty impressive. Praise be to Jesus. Now, qu quick question for you. How much are you paying at the gas pump up there right now? 
Uh, we're paying uh, about a little over four dollars a gallon. Four dollars a gallon. I paid three dollars and twenty cents a gallon yesterday at the pump in the state of Texas. I immediately went to confession, and expected the second coming to uh, to happen almost immediately. <laughs> I mean, it's we're living in crazy times, Deacon. Uh, scandals inside the church, financial scandals. You got two cardinals right now uh, trying to promote uh, the uh, not only allow marriages uh, in the priesthood in Europe and Germany and Luxembourg, but they also want active homosexual priests as well there. I mean, two cardinals of the church doing this right now. Outside of the, uh, of the church, you've got scandal after scandal, the inflation off uh, of the charts. You've got empty uh, shelves at the grocery store, and you have no one at the helm. I mean, it literally feels like the, there's a big shoe that's going to drop, and nobody knows what's going to happen. It creates so much anxiety and division in the world. Well, what do we do about this? How do we look at this from a Catholic perspective? Well, that, that's exactly what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to be divided. You know, Christ wants to bring unity and the devil wants to divide. And he's using these very strange times that we're in right now with the coronavirus to do just that. Uh, we saw how he was doing that in families. We saw an increase in domestic violence, an increase in pornography use, the increase in alcohol consumption and drug use uh, amongst family members during coronavirus. Never mind not being able to go to church. You know, and so all the angst and the confusion and um, uh, the and anxiety that surrounded that is now spilling over into the culture, mm. and we're seeing it all we're seeing it all over the place now. Um, and and quite frankly, I've been I've been starting to travel again. Thank thank you Jesus. Yeah. You know, sitting home for over a year is not good. Um, but but I'm but people are getting tired of it. They're getting tired of the mass stuff. They're getting tired of distancing and 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 all of it. Uh, what do they call it? COVID. COVID fatigue. Yeah. I'm definitely seeing that uh, in people who are traveling. So what we have to do is put our faith in Jesus. You know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, um, you know, all the things that, you know, conspiracy theories and all this stuff and, and who's getting left out of the conversation much of the time is Jesus Christ. So I'm choosing to focus when I'm going out and speaking is focus on the gospel, focus on building deep, uh, rich intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And never forgetting that no matter what is going on around us, he is mm -hmm. the heart and the center of our lives. I think for a lot of people, they feel um, the lack of clarity that comes out of the hierarchy of the church these days. Uh, it, they don't, it leaves them feeling like they don't know where to go, what to believe. What, I mean, and I think one of the downsides of that approach has been too many Catholics have have they've gripped on to their political party more than they have to the Catholic faith. And I, and I think this contributes to that. When you don't know what to believe or what not to believe coming out of the hierarchy of the church of our leaders, you're left with having to figure this stuff out for yourself. And the loudest voice, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, I think that's true. And, um, you know, you're right. You're right about the confusion. You know, I, I think uh, for, for our, at our age, Joe, we you know we were used to uh, clear, thinking and and and, and um uh clarity coming out of the vatican you know um and, and pope francis own words he said you know one of the first things he said when he became pope was about making a mess and that's what we certainly well, have check right the now. box because he's got you know, I mean, you know it, it, it's it's very it's very confusing it's sending mixed messages and again i, I don't think it's helpful um, it, given our current situation, there's already too much confusion out there. Mm. Hell, there's confusion about whether you're a boy or a girl now. I yeah. mean, yeah, 
it used to be, oh, you came out of your mother's womb. Oh, it's a boy. It's a girl. Now you're not sure. And you, 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 you have to wait till you get old enough to decide what you are for yourself. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, again, so trying to so-called redefine marriage and gender, all these things is contributing to all the confusion. And what we need now is clarity. Now, if we're not getting it from the church, again, we need to focus on the teachings of the church. Yeah. Right? We need, we need to go back to the catechism, go back to the scriptures and focus in on what's going to keep us grounded and to keep us focused. I, but I, that's been one of my arguments all, all along, though, is it seems uh, kind of rather crazy because now the average, you know, uh, Catholic mom trying to raise her kids, trying to raise her family, trying to keep her husband at least somewhat faithful. Good grief. I mean, that knucklehead is so hard. I'm talking about my own family, by the way. Uh, you know, she has to become an expert in canon law. She has to, like, know the Council of Trent. I mean, in order to navigate the tricky waters we live in, it's like we have to raise our level of education. And that, to me, feels different than in ages past within the church. I think in ages past, faithful Catholics had their piety. They, you know, they went to Holy Mass, they prayed their prayers, they did their devotions, uh, but they didn't have to know and understand so much as they do today. Yeah, that, and and that's, I mean, it's always good to learn more about your faith. But yeah, amen. in the context of, of why they have to do that, I think that's the problem. It's not a matter of, oh, I want to go deeper in my love for Jesus. I want to learn about this. It's, it's more like, Wow, this pope says, this cardinal says this, and this cardinal says that, and this exactly. bishop says this. Is what, what does the church actually teach? And they have to go find it for themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's the part. That's the part that that's confusing. And I think that's the challenge that we have today. That um, that we should be learning more about our faith in order to deepen our intimacy with Jesus. Mm. You know, not to not to learn more about our faith in order to figure out what we're supposed to believe because we're getting confusing messages from the hierarchy do you would do would you say it's probably best for most average lay lay folk to to ignore kind of what comes out of whatever dicastery at the vatican or statement being made that might be confusing is that a a tactic or a strategy that might help us to live more in a state of joy and grace to be honest that's what i do (laughs) i mean i mean i I, 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 i'm focusing on faith and morals i'm focusing on um, you know, those things that are gonna keep me focused and grounded on our way to heaven, right? We're on pilgrimage here. Yeah. This is not our home. You know, so so what I'm doing when I'm going out and speaking, and even for myself, purchasing my own prayer life and spiritual life, you know, I'm going back, for example, I, I think what we need now, Joe, is mm. a Eucharistic Renaissance. I think we need a complete Eucharistic Renaissance. We need to get back to Eucharistic adoration regularly. We need to get back to Eucharistic processions. We need to get back to uh, where uh, well, if I was a bishop, I'd be telling the priest, you are going to be preaching every week some kind of catechetical homily, or at least a couple times a month, on the Eucharist. We need to get back to the core and the heart of what we believe as Catholics, and mm. the heart of that belief is Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and that's what we need to get back to. I think if we do that, yeah. that will be getting you back on the road to sanity. All right, hold that thought. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is our guest, the dynamic deacon. We're going to come back after this very short break, continue this conversation uh, but I know the deacon's got a, a book out. Uh, he's probably working on another one. Plus, he's going to pilgrimage. We're going to talk about all that and more on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is our guest, the dynamic deacon. His website is deaconherald.com, by the way. Uh, Deacon, welcome back to the program. We have a, uh, a pesky Jesuit hanging out with us in the chat. Uh, that is actually his, his nickname, <laughs> is pesky Jesuit. And he, he wants to uh, raid your, your book stacks behind you for some odd reason. He's just like, he's, he's, all, he's looking straight past you and just looking at the books behind you. Uh, that's, not that's not even all of them. That's not even all of them. Real quick, before we jump back into our conversation, you do have a book out, right? Yes, yes. It's called Our Life of Service, the handbook for Catholic deacons uh, that just came out and uh, very excited about that. And uh, looking at, uh, you know, kind of spirituality of diaconal service and then what that looks like in the parish and what it looks like outside of the parish. Mm, amen. Praise be to God. Where can they find that? Uh, you can just go to it's Ave Maria uh, Press, put it out. You can go to Ave Maria's website. Or you can go to any of your, your local local Catholic bookstore as well should have it. I know. Nobody's, does anybody shop there anymore? I feel terrible. <laughs> I've seen some close down in recent years, and it breaks my yeah. heart to see the local yeah. Catholic bookstore suffer uh, thanks to uh, Jeff Bezos and the Amazon giants. That uh, pe- I'm, Us too, right? We're guilty. We, it's so easy to click a button and have it show up at your door. Um, it just uh, reminds us that we ought to support our local Catholic bookstores more often. Absolutely. Uh, Deacon, I want to go back to something you said just a minute ago of of how you live out your spirituality day to day. It reminded me of, um, you know, back in 2021, or actually 2020, when my wife and I were preparing to get married, everything got derailed. We weren't able to receive the sacrament, you know, or actually to go into the church and get married because of the closures. And we found that one of the things that helped us uh, to get through that time was to simplify our lives and really get back to to Jesus Christ, as you mentioned. Um, what what do you suggest for people who are in the same situation right now? Maybe their parish is enclosed, but their mind is everywhere else besides our blessed Lord. Well, one thing is stop watching all the the, the, the television, turn it off, hmm. and start having conversations. You know, um, seriously. I mean, I don't I don't watch television. Um, you know, if, if I want to keep on what's going on in, in the news and I'll go to, you know, I'll listen to Catholic radio or, you know, things like that. But I, I mean, stay away from the television. Uh, you fill your, your head with that stuff, all that political stuff all the time. And I find that people that do that are just angry. 
all the time. Find, find purposeful, meaningful time for prayer every day. What I call filling your gap time. If you're in the car driving and everybody right, is going to be in the car or, or a lift or some, some transportation, what are you listening to during that time in those headphones that we're always wearing now? Are we listening to something that's going to deepen and enrich our faith, bring us closer to Jesus? Are we listening again to sports or, or politics or something? You know, and, and I get, I get to adoration, no excuse, adoration for at least for an hour every single week. Get rid of all the noise and, and allow God to speak in the silence of your heart. We see that over and over in the scriptures. When God wants to communicate with someone, he often does it when they're asleep, right? Samuel, Solomon, uh, Joseph, St. Joseph. Um, they said about stillness and silence and quiet, where we listen to the voice of God and allow that voice to change our lives. You know, Deacon, I was thinking when you were saying that, the fact that there was, this, there was this meme that goes around constantly every time that the Holy Father comes out with some kind of letter that everyone's like, oh, my goodness, what is, what is the Holy Father saying on this interview and so on and so forth? This meme pops up and it says something along the lines of, you know, we can develop a sort of medieval piety by just ignoring everything that comes out of the Vatican and just trying to live a Catholic and holy life here where we are and just kind of ignore what's happening externally and just be Catholic. Uh, is that a good idea, or is there something wrong with, with that kind of mentality, Deacon Harold? Well, again, you know, um, what I focus on is, is, is things of faith and morals, right? Because when things come out of Vatican, you know, um, you know I do read those things because I want to be able to uh, intelligently talk about what's going on. You know, I do talk to thousands of people every year, and, uh, and, and often during my talks is Q&A session. So if people ask about this particular thing and that particular thing, I want to be able to answer intelligently, but I don't make it a part of my, of, of my life. I read it, you know, fine, done, move on, you know, um, just to, again, just to educate myself, but for, for spiritual enrichment, you know, I go back to the classics, you know, go back to those classic words, introduction to devout life, uh, you know, um, uh, imitation of Christ, you know, just um, spiritual meditations by St. John of the Cross, you know, I mean, th th that's that's the things that's really going to uh, get your heart on fire for mm. love of Christ, you know. And, and so I, I think you have to find balance. Yes, you want to keep yourself updated on what's going on, but you also want to make sure that you're deepening your spiritual life so that, so that so that what you're reading in the media or what comes out of the Vatican that's not faith and morals doesn't overwhelm you. Yeah, for sure. What would you say, Deacon, if you had to choose? I, I really feel like during Lent, part of the plan, I mean, you obviously have to have a penitential plan. That's obvious. But part of the plan ought to be, how are you going to pick it up? Like, how, what are you going to take up in order to grow deeper and, uh, and uh, more faithful, more pious, but also in a state of grace? Overcome your weaknesses, right? Your faults. So if you had to choose one book, to read during Lent? What would you choose? Wow. That's a good question. You can see behind me, I got so many choices. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, you mentioned you know, the devout um, life and you mentioned some good ones, but uh, like the average Catholic, I think, uh, doesn't want to dive too deep. They don't want to put too much effort in that, you know, things like imitation of Christ can, can be overwhelming. Catechism, you know? pious attempt. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, arbi yeah, the yeah, arbitrary yeah, pious yeah, the 10th catechism huh? it's like, it's like this big. well you know right. joe i think this i think the, the two simplest things really is is what i did during covid is i started reading books of the bible that i didn't really spend a lot of time in before like proverbs 
Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so I, I would pick up a book of the Bi- just Bible and just start reading. Yeah. You know, and familiarize yourself more with the scripture, especially the New Testament, you know, and, and the catechism. I mean, I think those are the two foundational things right there uh, to, to focus on. You know, this uh, this Lent, one of the things we're going to do, uh, we've been doing this now a few years, is as a couple, my wife and I have been reading a spiritual work together uh, every week. We sit down. So, you know, we went through uh, Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence, and uh, that is such an excellent work. It's super easy to read. It's not very big. It's easy to break that up over Lent. But uh, I think this this Lent, we're going to do it as a whole family, and we're going to uh, look at, uh, you know, uh, uh, Marian devotion, right? Total consecration to Our Lady. And uh, there's such a op- wealth of opportunity there. Um, but I, again, I go back to most knuckleheads like myself, you know, reading is not like, it's not, it doesn't come easy to a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's also podcasts out there too. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of places where you can, you know, find out what, what's your way of receiving information that's going to bring you closer to Jesus. Mm. Some people it's going to be, obviously for me, it's reading, you know, for a lot of people, it's going to be podcasts or some people it's going to be watching videos, you know, um, and, and there's plenty of really good, solid Catholic material. I would pick up something that's going to bring you closer to Christ, you know, what, find out, really sit and pray about where are the gaps in my life right now? What's missing? You know, um, why, why don't I have this really deep desire for Christ? What, what, what is missing there? And find that work, whether, again, whether it's audio, whether it's video, whether it's a, it's a, a, a book, and, and whatever's going to bring you closer to intimacy with Christ and fill that void in your life, that's what you read. So, so far, the game plan sounds like uh, don't pay too close attention what comes out of the Vatican. <laughs> and I hate to say it that way, but it's true, right? Because, like, for the average layperson, you don't need to be caught in that muck and that mire uh, and the confusion of those statements and having to sort all that out. Keep your head fo- down and focus. Stay away from a lot of, of, uh, of a media that will distract you and keep you addicted to things. Maybe during the holy season of Lent, giving up the device, uh, you know, at least a good portion of your day, intentionally putting it away. And then being in a state uh, where you can have some silence, some quiet, some, you know, and then pray, meditate, fast, and do penance. Does that sound like a reasonable plan? Oh, absolutely. Especially, I love the fasting piece too, Joe. I mean, think about it. How many fasting days do we have in Lent? One, <laughs> Ash Wednesday. I mean, Fridays are abstinence days, and Good Friday's not in Lent. So we only have one, and, and our Muslim brothers and sisters, they, they fast Ramadan every day. You know, so we definitely have room for improvement. Yeah. And uh, I, I think fasting could combine with our prayer, powerful combination to bring us closer to Christ. You know, I incorporated fasting in my daily routine uh, a couple of years ago now. I haven't lost any weight as a result, but I still fast because I I, I was sick one night or a couple, it was like three nights. I was up all night. I didn't sleep for like three days. And the whole time I'm thinking, you know, college, you is. Uh, this is something that I could build into my life and make it a part of my life and and not a part of my diet, but a part of my my life. You know, that ability to feel a little bit of hunger and to remind myself of the spiritual combat and how the flesh sort of, you know, is such a powerful force in our life. Uh, how many how hard is it, do you think, for for the average Catholic to to fight these temptations? You know, the, the world, the flesh and the devil seems to be so pre- uh, prevalent in our life. Well, here's the thing about, uh, you're right, Joe. Here's the thing about fasting. It's not just fasting from food. We can get creative. We can fast from things that we enjoy. For example, you may say, oh, I'm not going to watch the Dallas Cowboys for six weeks. 
You know, <laughs> you're like, you know, that may not be a penance for some people, but I'm going to say, I already on it. Deacon. <laughs> Go when Packers. You fast from something yeah. that you enjoy, like say fasting from food, that hunger, right. Or when you're fasting from not watching it on TV, that, that desire really reminds you that what you're really hungering for, what you're really longing for is a deep, relationship with Jesus Christ and fasting reminds us of that. So fasting actually reminds us of what's really important yeah. and focuses in on uh, doing those things that are going to get us into the relationship that Christ wants to have with us and that we in the heart of our hearts want to have with him. Hey, real quick, we're down to about 60 seconds now. Uh, your pilgrimage, where can people find information? Yes, deaconharrell.com. Just click on the pilgrimage tab. We're going to be doing four pilgrimages this year to make up for the ones that for the past two years that we weren't able to go on. Time to get back at it, I guess. Praise be to God. Yes. So go Amen. to DeaconHerald.com for the details. That's DeaconHerald.com. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, thank you for your time today. It's always good to see you. Can we have you back soon? Yeah, absolutely. Most welcome, guys. Great to see you. All right. Praise be to God. God bless you and have a great day. That is going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in the second hour, we have a new round of Fear and Trembling, which means new prizes are at stake and you could win. It's a lot of fun and you're going to learn something, I promise to you. All that plus a lot more is coming up in the second hour. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt for the details otherwise we'll see you back here tomorrow morning i think alan smith is going to be our guest to talk about fulton sheen and maybe even the trucker convoy all that coming up tomorrow god love you god bless you thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time be sure to share more than just us today share jesus with everyone you meet bye now and god love you You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com raffle. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. When we see how crazy this world is, we can be tempted to isolate our family on a desert island and leave it all behind. Well, that's not really practical. But one thing you can do is take your family away on your very own family retreat. The goal of this retreat is for growth in your family identity and relationships and to give you time to intentionally pray together as a family unit. The four parts of the family retreat are family bonding activities, prayer, teaching, and fun. We've learned that if you're going to pray with your children, you also need to play with them. When parents develop these four aspects of their weekend away with their kids, the results are amazing. Devoting time to your family has a lasting impact on your kids, especially if you make it a tradition every year. To enable more families to do a family retreat, 
we have put together a short guide to help lead moms and dads through their own retreat planning process. To access this free download, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Monday. February the 7th, 2022. Praise be to Jesus. It is Monday and you have survived the weekend. Congratulations. I wonder what's on your agenda this week. Work, life, home, family, school. Whatever it is, we're going to be praying for those needs coming up here in just a few moments. Asking the Queen of Heaven and Earth, Virgin Most Powerful, to pray and intercede for you today, whatever your needs are. That's coming up in just a moment. Plus, we have good news story, breaking news uh, as far as that goes. And then uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus our game show, Fear and Trembling, all coming up in this hour. So sit back and relax and enjoy. But uh, I guess you have to hit the, you know, text a friend or uh, share us somehow, somehow, some way. Whether you're watching on, on social media or you're listening on the radio, you know, make sure a friend understands and knows that you love Catholic Drive Time and are willing to uh, invite them to that. That would be amazing. Praise be to God. And do not forget that your time to pick up that uh, brand-new Mercedes 2022 GLA 250 in night black is coming to an end very soon. You know, So get in on the action while you can. You're, we're going to name the winner. We're going to pull the name out of a, like a giant spinny thingy on this show. Uh, I can't remember what day that's going to happen. I'll look it up, though. But it's at the end of February, and it's happening. It's a giant spinny basket thingy-dingy. And we're going to spin that with everybody's name in it, and we're going to pull one name out and read it live on the air, and it could be yours. Praise be to God. But let's be honest with you. Whether or not you win this very cool car, I mean, yeah, it's a cool car. Uh, But we get to use the proceeds to keep Catholic Radio going alive and strong across the Guadalupe Radio Network. And you, my friend, get to make that possible for us. So you would be a missionary along with us in this work uh, of Catholic media. So, again, go to grnonline.com for the details, grnonline.com for the details. Coming up in the second half of this hour is our after show, where we conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about. And you get to drive that conversation with your comments on one of the live video feeds, all of which are linked on our website, grnonline.com. Online.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Um, you're looking very sharp today. Thank you very much. Yep, I uh, I took Adrian's advice. I'm going to be dressing for the occasion mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah, you're a good man. Praise be to God. Better you, <laughs> better you than me. Uh, speaking of uh, scholars, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. You must have received your PhD by now. 
I mean, you're wearing the <laughs> self-appointed PhD. You're wearing the mm-hmm. sweater. I sold a I, certificate. A I identify as a doctor. I so can tell. I mean, look please, at the way you're dressed. Please refer to me with my proper pronouns. That would be Dr. Adrian Fonseca. It's like the Thank smoking you. sweater. So I expect you, <laughs> like a, a pipe, you know, or something, which you can't smoke in the building. Pipes but. are expensive. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The, the fire alarms above our studio, of our console have something to do with it, I'm sure. Uh, praise be to God. You're both looking very dapper this morning. God is so very good. Uh, let's see here. We're going to have a great conversation today, dear listener, and we're excited that you're a part of it. Uh, but to, again, do me a favor and share us with a friend. I, th- I can't emphasize that enough how important that is that you are helping to spread the word about Catholic Drive Time. Our goal here is to keep you informed and inspired. So we covered the headlines in the last hour. We did a lot of that, covering the headlines. Plus, we had great conversation with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, the dynamic deacon. And we'll be posting that conversation to our social feeds uh, pretty soon. So make sure to uh, not only hang out with us on the radio if you can, but also on our social feeds as well. Make sure to like, subscribe, share. Those are very important things to help us grow our radio apostolate. We're going to pray and dive into it. And as I said, the Fear and Trembling Game Show is coming up at 15 past. The first caller gets to be the contestant. Hopefully that will be you. If you've never played, it's fun. It's easy. Let's do this. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother, To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. This comes from the Epic Times, and the author asks, What if the influencers we really need are families? Mom opts to homeschool amid pandemic. The choice was easy, although it would probably lead to mud-clad children with bugs in their pockets and a wildly different way of living. Jerry Ann and her husband Matthew Webb were sure of their decision. It was in August 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, and they had decided to homeschool their two children. Saddle up, boots on. Jerry Ann, who's 38, founder of a Christian nonprofit organization called Light Breaks Through, and Matt, who's 44, president of Genesis Timber, are passionate about helping people live with purpose and hope and advocating for the family unit. This was another opportunity to do just that. We believe decisions worth doing will always require sacrifice and investments, said Jerry Ann, who believes that healthy families are the true influencers who can rescue our society from spiraling further down on the endless road to moral depravity. The most attractive thing on the planet is a healthy family, she said. Families are the glue that holds society together. When families are fractured, society crumbles. There is much confusion today about identity and family as society calls good and evil and evil good. I believe learning happens best at home. Homeschooling allows the parent to establish a foundation of identity based on biblical truth. Parents then raise strong children who in turn raise an even stronger children, uh, even stronger family, rather. I tried to reconcile imagining them run with freedom and abandonment through our, our yard fully alive to sitting inside a plexiglass bubble with a cloth strapped across their face in a socially constructed illusion of safeness, Jerry Ann said. So they reharnessed their priorities, rerouted their schedules, and retooled their library. Then, with the backing of close family, they drove headfirst into the fray. Coming up for air months after their dive, Jerry Ann couldn't be more determined and enthusiastic about their decision. 
Homeschooling has changed her family for the better in every way, she said. Academically, our children excelled in every such subject. Emotionally, they are, at, they are at rest as we strive to create a culture of peace and joy in our home. Jerrianne is watching as her daughter, Jail, who's nine, and son, Garrison, seven, flourish in every subject of their academics. She said their daughter, in only third grade, read 68 chapter books in one school year. Wow, that's impressive. Jerrianne is looking uh, to her children's imaginations blossom and their ingenuity unfold. The kids say they love seeing their parents so much while homeschooling, and there is no doubt they like their teacher. Together, Jerry Ann and their, her children have been able to immerse themselves in the literature that teaches compassion, empathy, high character, and hard work. They talk about the deeper issues of life. Then, when the children are shoulder to shoulder with others on the playground, they are able to express kindness and empathy. She says her children have grown closer to her and has had time to become connected with with them in a new and meaningful way. Simply put, we're not in a hurry, and when you're not in a hurry, connection happens, she said. The family is where a child begins to learn values, to discern right and wrong, and to interact with other people. It is a foundational training ground from which children blossom into the individuals that step out onto the world. Families are the true influencers in society. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Pius IX, born in 1792. Pope Pius IX was the last of the Pope Kings. The first act of his pontificate, or especially the choice of his closest advisors and the release of hundreds of political prisoners, left his contemporaries perplexed. He was once a supporter of liberal ideas, but once converted, he became a defender of tradition. The revolutionary sectarians responded by inciting the Roman populace to mutiny. They declared the civil powers of the pontiff to be over and proclaimed the Roman Republic. The pope appealed to Catholic powers which uprooted the revolutionaries from Rome and the other pontifical territories. After a few months, Pius IX returned to his capital. Pius IX was an eminently Marian pope. He consecrated his pontificate to the Blessed Virgin. And as soon as Providence entrusted him with the keys of St. Peter, he manifested his intention to proclaim the dogma of the Immaculate Conception of the Mother of God. And he did. He began the First Vatican Council in 1869, and on July 18, 1870, he solemnly promulgated of the pontifical dogma of the infallibility. He said, the decrees and canons contained in the Constitution that has just been read pleased all but two fathers. We too, with the approval of the Holy Council, as they were read, defined them with apostolic authority and confirmed them. During the whole ceremony, one of the most violent storms in the memory of the Eternal City raged. Amid lightning and thunder, as in Sinai, when the Lord gave Moses his law, the pontifical infallibility was proclaimed, and as the Pope's last words, the atmosphere calmed down. And suddenly, a ray of sunshine swept through the dark clouds, illuminated the pontiff's venerable and majestic countenance, and then lighted the whole room. Soon after, the Franco-Prussian War broke out, and the Pope was sacrilegiously stripped of what remained of his territorial sovereignty. From then on, the Roman pontiff considered himself a prisoner in the Vatican until the Lateran Treaty in 1929, which created the Vatican city-state. Pius IX died on February 7, 1878, at the age of 86. He had ruled the church for 31 years, 7 months, and 22 days. He was the first pope to surpass the traditional 25 years of the Prince of the Apostles, to whom the aphorism was not applied, non vedibimis annos petri, you shall not see the years of Peter. His death filled the whole Catholic world with consternation. 
Catholics everywhere paid him the homage due to the great pope. Undoubtedly, Pius IX was one of the greatest pontiffs in the history of the church. He used exceptional energy to defend the rights of the church in the Apostolic See. He committed himself with unreserved devotion to make him triumphant. He knew how to magnify the influence of the papacy in the eyes of his contemporaries. The papacy obtained a prestige and authority known perhaps only to the great medieval pontiffs. Blessed Pius IX, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 6, verses 53 through 56. After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch only the tassel of his cloak, and as many as touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, the Venerable Bede said, again, in a mystical sense, do thou understand by the hem of his garment the slightest of his commandments, for whosoever shall transgress it shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Venerable Bede, pray for us. And as I said at the last hour, I think this is so important. You need to see in passages like this today, one greater than Moses. In Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 18, it said, The Lord your God will rise up for you, a prophet like me from among you, from your brethren. Him you shall heed going on to say, I will rise up for, from them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. If you were a first century Jew, an Israelite, and you were in the company of our Lord at this moment, you would see this, because one greater than Moses heals one greater than Moses walks on top of water. One greater than Moses brings not, not just a miraculous bread from heaven, but his own flesh and his own blood, his own body, soul, and divinity. And water comes from his side, not just from a rock. I mean, so many parallels here. Uh, but as Catholics in the 21st century, do we see these things? Do we dive into them? Do we understand them? This is the question. Adrian, anything? Uh, real quickly, the one thing I'll point out is the hem of his garment. What is this a reference to? Well, it's a reference to a lot of things, and Scripture has multiple senses to everything that it has. But one thing to note from the hem of his garment, what is referred to is looking forward to the relics of the church. Because if even the hem of his garment heals, so too do we see a prefigurement of having healing and having miracles happen via the relics of the saints and the relics of our Lord, like the true cross and things like that. And so we have to recognize the veracity of relics is right here in Scripture, that it does not need to be directly a touch from our Lord walking on this planet, but instead our Lord has allowed the relics that he touched and that his saints have touched to perform healing and miraculous acts. All right. Praise be to God. It is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back and take a call. And it could be you. You could be our first caller. It's super simple. It's easy. You don't need to know the answers to win our game. You could win without knowing. Praise be to God. It's fun. 
And that phone number is 877-757-9424. The first caller gets to be the contestant. And if you've never played, let me encourage you, pick up the phone, make the phone call. It's easy, and you're going to have a good time, and you might win prizes. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call now. Phone lines are open. 877-757-9424. Fear and trembling is coming up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But what we need most right now, other than telling you all of my secrets and my biases and agendas, uh, is a phone call on the line. Uh, first caller gets to be our contestant. If you've never played, call now. If it's been a while since you've played, you can call back. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open, ready for your call at 877 757 94, 24. But here is the deal. If you are new here, uh, I do have a secret to, uh, I'll only share it with you if you promise not to tell anybody. But we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments. 
where you might learn something new about your Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh, and laughing is fun and good, and we love our love it when our callers tend to be a good sport and a good time. By the way, that phone number is 877-757-9424. Call now. Not sure if we're having our phone lines, uh, if they're having issues or not, but if you're trying to get through, keep calling 877-757-9424. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, as I said, the thing is, I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me. I do not ask the caller the question, so they don't even need to know the answers, and they could still win our game without even knowing. Praise be to God. And that's because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy, I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, the other will be incorrect, and the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, uh, Rudy or Adrian? Again, that phone number is 877-757-9424. Call now. No calls on the line. I'm not sure what's going on, if the phones are up or not, but 877-757-9424, waiting for that first call to come in. Uh, Rudy, what could they win, by the way? Well, this week our sponsor is Outrageous Mom, who's generously sponsoring our game show with a printed scarf. Her Catholic gifts are exclusively hers, designed and manufactured just for Outrageous Mom. Well made to give honor to Our Lady, Mother of all believers. Each one of their scarves, uh, scarf designs has a miraculous medal attached to honor the practice of wearing the sacramental given to, to, given to the world by Mary herself in Paris in 1830. All fabric designs are her own. Shop owner Laura conceives an idea, draws a rough sketch, and storyboards for fabric designer Alina to create a unique pattern of beauty. Check out her website at outrageousmom.com or follow her on Instagram at outrageousmom underscore mom. Outrageous? Oh, sorry. Outrageous mom okay. underscore mm-hmm. com on Instagram or uh, outrageousmom.com. That's probably the best way to do it. <laughs> outrageousmom.com. Thank you for your generous sponsorship of our game show. All right. Praise be to God. We did get some calls coming in there at the last second. Let's jump over to the phones right now. Levi. Levi, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Praise be to God, Levi. Where are you calling from? Uh, Spearville, Kansas. Spearville, Kansas. This is going to be the first Kansas caller we've ever had on the game show. Praise be to God. Well, good morning to you, Levi. I'm glad to glad to have Kansas on the line today. Now, where do you go to church? Uh, John the Baptist. Praise be to Jesus. Spearville. Well, that's exciting. Uh, first Kansas game show caller ever in the history of Catholic Drive Time. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped now. Uh, Levi, have you been listening to the game show? Do you know how the rules work? Yeah. Praise yeah. Praise God. So then you might you might have opinions on the trickiness of, of Rudy or, or Adrian, right? Yeah. You do know then that I am your best friend in this game. I'm here. I'm on your side. I'm here to help you get into the game and win. Are, are you ready, sir? You bet. Praise be to God, Levi. Let's do this. We will go to Rudy first, as is our custom, our tradition here. Rudy, are you ready? Yes, sir. Very confident. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Rudy, can you tell me, what is the official chant of the Latin church called? I'm guessing the, the Roman church. The official chant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's called polyphony. Really? Yeah. Polyphony. You heard Poly- about it? Polyphony. Interesting. Have, have you heard them? I'm not allowed to sing or chant at church. They don't let me. <laughs> There's a big sign out front that says, no, Joe, you can't do it. Uh, so I'm not sure. Let's just see what Adrian says. Adrian, can you tell me? Maybe. 
Uh, if your mic is on, it might be a little easier. I guess I can't. <laughs> Can you tell me what the official chant is of the uh, Latin church or the Roman church? Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. The official chant of yeah. the Roman church, the Latin church, uh-huh. is. Yeah? Is. Uh-huh. Is. Uh-huh. Gregorian chant. There you go. Gregorian, you say? Mm-hmm. Gregorian. 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 Like Gre- Gregory. Like, as in the great. As in the great. <laughs> He did awesome that. Pope. One of the two awesome greats, Pope. Leo and Gregory. Okay, praise be to God. All right, Levi, here is the deal. Uh, the question is, what is the official chant of the church? And uh, Adrian says it's the Gregorian chant versus Rudy says it's polyphony. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Levi, what say you? Well, I'm not sure, but I'll go with Adrian because I've heard of Gregorian before. <laughs> Survey says. <laughs> <Really>? Wise man. <laughs> well, Rudy, does that mean you're untrustable? I mean, like, wow. I don't even know how to take that. How do I interpret that? Look, I look like an auto, a used car salesman today. So, oh, man. Are you going to trust me? <laughs> no. You are right, Levi. Congratulations. It is the Gregorian chant. What is polyphony, anyway? Polyphony. Okay. Well, polyphony is um, it's a type of uh, chant. Well, it includes different voices singing different parts of the of the hymn. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a choir of angels just mm. singing at you. It's yeah, a it's technique, you're saying. Poly refers to okay. multiple, and yeah. phonic means voices, so mm-hmm. multiple, voices. multiple voices. So it's That's a technique, right. not necessarily a particular style. Exactly. Okay, so Gregorian mm-hmm. chant is correct. All right, Levi, you're in the cup. You might win. Praise be to God. Well done, sir. Uh, let's see if we can't... Uh, we can't get you in the cup a second time here. Um, we're going to go to Adrian first. Adrian, what is the term for the relaxation of a church law for a particular case? For example, fasting, abstinence, or vows. What do we call that relaxation of church law? Ah, yes. It's called libertinism. Is it? Yes, it is. Libertinism, you say? It is. Libertinism. Mm-hmm. Let's get a second opinion, Levi, on this. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me, what is the term for the relaxation of church law? And uh, for like a particular case, for example, fasting, abstinence, or vows, what do we call relaxing church law? Kind of like if you're in a particular city, you can uh, eat meat on a particular day because mm-hmm, of a, mm-hmm. a feast day or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's called a dispensation. A dispensation. Yeah. Sounds made up. Huh. <laughs> 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 Levi, here's the deal. Um, what is it when we relax church law? Uh, Rudy says it's called a dispensation, but Adrian says it's called libertinism. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Levi, what say you? I think Rudy's back on track this time. <laughs> about, about time, eh? <laughs> Our survey says. <laughs> yes, of course. I would never lie to you, sir. <laughs> dispensation. Praise be to God. It is not a libertinism. Uh, also, there's a dispensation to eat uh, rodent meat in certain Latin American countries on Capybara. Fridays. Capybara. Capybara. Smoked story. capybara. Yeah, Yum. praise be to God. We had to get some of that. Uh, most dioceses had a dispensation for the Sunday obligation up until recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, make Sunday obligation great again, I say. Praise be to God. All right, Levi, you're in for two. You could win. Let's. Can we triple your chances is the question. Are you ready to go for your third try? You bet. Let's do this. We're going to go back to Rudy first. Uh, this could be the hardest one. This is the hardest question I've ever had, actually. Ever? Ever. Man, that's rough. Easily the hardest question. Easily? 
I don't know. Like, like the hardest question. Save the hardest for last. Like, I think all the might, hard ones, this is the hardest. <laughs> this might be the hardest question I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't like, know. Not just on the game show, but Our, Okay, okay. Rooney, can you tell me? <laughs> can you tell me or name for me the prayer of petition in Mass just before we receive communion, invoking Christ as the Lamb of God? What do we call that? That is known as the doxology. Mm-hmm. Like doxing on Twitter? It, well, kind of. No? Not just a little bit. Okay, so doxology, you say. Doxology. Adrian, can you tell me or name for me the prayer of petition in Mass just before we go up for communion, invoking Christ as the Lamb of God? What do we call that? Ah, yes. Invoking our Lord as Lamb of God. That would be the Anus Dei. Anus Dei. Mm-hmm. I like that. Sounds fancy. It does sound fancy. Huh. Okay, well, Levi, here is the deal. Adrian says it's the Anus Dei, whereas uh, Rudy says it's the Doxology. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Levi, what say you? I'll try Rudy again. Uh, are you sure? Are you, are you sure? Oh, I'm so oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Levi, I'm, I apologize. Uh, it is, in fact, the Anu's Day um, that we we evoke Christ as Lamb of God. But don't worry, you're in for two. Praise be to God, you could win. Levi, we appreciate you hanging out with us and rolling with the punches. And you might win on Friday. You'll have to tune back in. But I think I most of really am grateful that a Kansas caller called in for the first time. Yeah, Kansas. So praise That's God. Le- Levi, have a great day. God bless you. Yep, God bless. We're going to put you on hold, Levi, so we get your phone number. But uh, that is fun. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you, Kansas, for tuning in today. Hey, if you want to hang out with us in the after show and drive the conversation with whatever you want to talk about, go to one of our live video feeds, all linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash C-D-T. Don't forget to get those car raffle tickets. Time is running out. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we are celebrating the Mass of Monday of the fifth week of Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for all those joining us through Guadalupe Radio Media. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us your humble dwelling, all your faithful mercies crown. 
Jesus, source of all compassion, love unbounded, love all pure. Visit us with your salvation. Let your love in us endure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to and you, you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Keep your family safe, O Lord, with unfailing care, that relying solely on the hope of heavenly grace, they may be defended always by your protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Kings. The elders of Israel and all the leaders of the tribes, the princes in the ancestral houses of the children of Israel, came to King Solomon in Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from the city of David, which is Zion. All the people of Israel assembled before King Solomon during the festival in the month of Ethanim, the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the priests took up the ark they carried the ark of the Lord and the meeting tent with all the sacred vessels that were in the tent. The priest and Levites carried them. King Solomon and the entire community of Israel, present for the occasion, sacrificed before the ark sheep and oxen, too many to number or count. The priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place beneath the wings of the cherubim in the sanctuary the Holy of Holies of the temple. The cherubim had their wings spread out over the place of the ark, sheltering the ark with its poles from above. There was nothing in the ark but the two stone tablets which Moses had put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel at their departure from the land of Egypt. When the priest left the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord so that the priest could no longer minister because of the cloud, since the Lord's glory had filled the temple of the Lord. Then Solomon said, 
The Lord intends to dwell in the dark cloud. I have truly built you a princely house, a dwelling where you may abide forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, go up to the place of your rest. Lord, go up to the place of your rest. Behold, we heard of it at Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of Jair. Let us enter into his dwelling. Let us worship at his footstool. Lord, Lord go up to the place of your rest. Advance, O Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your majesty. May your priests be clothed with justice, that your faithful ones shout merrily for joy. For the sake of David, your servant, reject not the plea of your anointed. Lord, go up to the place of your rest. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to the land of Gennesaret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they, and begged him that they might touch only the tassel of his cloak, and as many as touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go off-roading for a second. In the book of the prophet Haggai, Haggai the prophet comes, he's uh, led by God to go to the priests and to pre present them with a particular problem or, or a situation. And he says, if someone, priest, is carrying a sanctified flesh in the fold of his garment and he touches this thing or the other thing, do, do those other things become sanctified? And the priest's response was no. He says, okay, now if that same priest is carrying sanctified, or somebody, somebody who is unclean touches the fold of the garment where the sanctified flesh is, does it become unclean? And the priest's response was, yes, it becomes unclean or defiled. And he says, goes on to say, well, such is the people of, of Israel. And I mention this because the gospel, it touches upon the gospel today. Some, that's a very interesting situation. I always kind of wondered, why is it that it's only one way? That if something that's sanctified touches something else, it doesn't become sanctified. But if something defiled touches it, then it becomes defiled. It seems like it's only one way. But in the gospel today, those were, there were many who came to Jesus to reach out to touch him, to touch even the tassel of his cloak. And those who touched it then were healed. See, with Jesus, this sort of reverse, that reversal actually happens. Whereas somebody who's defiled, and in the gospel today, it's many who were sick. We don't know what diseases they had, but I think for in particular somebody who has leprosy, that could, they could not 
they had to stand, stand their distance. They could not touch, and if they touched somebody, or if somebody, if Jesus touches a corpse, someone who's dead, then he become he would, in their view, become defiled. But this was not the case, is that not only does he heal them, but he even raises the dead and so on and so forth. So Jesus is not defiled by the fact that sinners or those who are sick touch him. And the reverse is that they actually are, are healed. This is important for us. I remember when I was in, serving in Colorado, uh, down in a parish near Alamosa, and we had uh, a priest who is retired in his retirement recognized that he had this uh, that God had given him this charism for healing. And so he came down, it was, you, you, it was amazing how many people came to church <laughs> that day for this healing service. And it, it only shows that, wow, I mean, people are really in desperate need of healing and they want to come to Jesus. If all of our Sunday worship uh, worship was had that many people, it would be awesome. But nothing, nonetheless, recognize that they were coming, they wanted to come to Jesus. And they came with all kinds of various sicknesses and diseases, wanting to even just to touch, to touch the tassel of Jesus' cloak, that they might be healed. It's the same thing even for us. We need to come to Jesus in our sickness, in our sinfulness, and to not be afraid. Sometimes we are afraid to come to Jesus. We're afraid that he's, that, that healing touch that he, that he gives to us is going to hurt. It might. Like any doctor who has to take out, you know, to, to, to heal something, it might hurt at first. But the healing power that Jesus, the, 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 his healing will ultimately really touch us and, 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 and make us whole again. That we should have that trust. So if there's something sinful in our life that we need to bring to Jesus, let's not be afraid. Let's not be afraid to reach out to him. Our sinfulness is not going to defile the Lord. It is only going to heal us. And this is what he truly wants. This does actually touch upon that first reading that we hear from the first book of Kings. Because like the, like the, uh, the situation that Haggai had brought to the priests, Jesus being the high priest, but by which nothing can defile him, but only his healing power can, can, can uh, be, be let out, let's say. That in that first book of Kings, we hear of the sort of final moment of the temple being consecrated. And it is consecrated when the ark comes and the cloud descends. And now the presence of God is here. If any, I think every, every one of us Catholics should have an opportunity to see the dedication of a church because something like this happens. It's a glorious, very glorious and, and magnificent celebration, a liturgical celebration, where, of course, Jesus, the high priest, as at every celebration, is the main celebrant. And as the bishop comes in, he consecrates the church by anointing all of the pillars with, with uh, consecrated oil, with the chrism oil, and then pours that oil on the altar and smears that, that, the, that chrism oil on the altar to consecrate it. The high moment comes when the Eucharist is celebrated and Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament is placed in the tabernacle. Now he is here. Now this place is consecrated. The Lord is present. And it's been said that this glorious and magnificent celebration whereby, as it, Christ the high priest becomes present and he remains there. We always recognize it by that red candle that is there. He, re he remains there and we can always come to him for our healing and for strength. Let's never be afraid to come to Jesus. He, in, in, our, in our own defilement, he will heal us. He will bring us strength. He will purify us and make us whole. Amen.
My dear brothers and sisters, gathered as one to celebrate the good things we received, we have received from our God, let's ask him to prompt in us prayers that are worthy of his hearing. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for Michael, our bishop, and all the clergy, with the priest, the people entrusted to their charge. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who hold public office and those who assist them in promoting the common good, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who travel by sea, land, or air, for captives and all held in prison, for all those who are sick, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all of us gathered in this sacred place by faith and devotion and by love and reverence for God, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the intentions of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for all those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Finally, let us remember those who have died and all the holy souls in purgatory. May they rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May the petitions of your church be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, so that we may receive from your mercy what we cannot ask out of confidence and our own merits. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is your health and salvation. Come all who hear, brothers and sisters, draw near. Praise him in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord above all things so mightily reigning, <clears throat> keeping us safe at his side and so gently sustaining. Have you not seen, brothers and sisters, draw near, met by his gracious ordaining? Pray, dear beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and the glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. O Lord our God, who once established these created things to sustain us in our frailty, grant, we pray, that they may become for us now the sacrament of eternal life through Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Father most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ the Lord, your word through whom you made all things whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin, fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. He stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, 
so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with the angels and all the saints, we declare your glory as with one voice we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenisun Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat, eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence, we rely for unfailing help. May the sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. 
be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth. With your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter into my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. 
since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The King of Love, my Shepherd, is whose goodness fails me never. I nothing lack if I am His, and He is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul is leading. And where the verdant pastures grow, with food celestial keating. Confused and foolish oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. Let us pray. O God, who have willed that we be partakers in the one bread and the one chalice, Grant us, we pray, so to live that, made one in Christ, we may joyfully bear fruit for the salvation of the world, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. May he let his face shine upon you and show you his mercy. Amen. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. O Sanctissima, O Dulcis Virgo Maria, Mater Amater, in te The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.